Welcome to the Cal Current Podcast, presented by the Law Offices of Snell & Wilmer. This is a legal podcast that examines a variety of current legal issues that affect individuals and businesses here in California and beyond. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Kevin Brown, for this episode of Cal Current. Today I'll be covering an important issue for employers. What kinds of litigation can we expect to see related to COVID-19? Many agree that the hundreds, at this point over 400, lawsuits already filed are only the tip of the iceberg. So what types of claims can we expect, and how can employers mitigate the risk and reduce their potential exposure? There are several areas related to employment and safety actions, as opposed to things like breach of contract, that we can expect. Health and safety as well as traditional employment claims like discrimination, retaliation, failure to accommodate, as well as privacy-related issues. Only, these are all occurring within the context of a pandemic environment. And there's no question that the litigation surrounding COVID-19 will continue long after the present effects of the virus have subsided. First, I'd like to cover the safety considerations. Employee health and safety has been a central theme over the last few months as COVID-19 continued to spread, and states and counties implemented stay-at-home orders and business restrictions. But the issue is more nuanced than masks, outdoor seating, or plexiglass. The Occupational Safety and Health Act and the state plans require employers to provide safe workplaces. That requirement means that businesses and other organizations will need to take new actions in the COVID-19 environment. Employers can face citations from OSHA or the state OSHA if they fail to implement safety measures. Additionally, in states like California, there have been instances of employees suing their employers under PAGA, the Private Attorneys General Act, for allegedly violating Cal OSHA standards. And while personal injury lawsuits by employees are generally prescribed by workers' compensation, that is not absolute and there have already been lawsuits filed related to employees allegedly being exposed to COVID-19 in the workplace. Healthcare workers and prison guards have sued for claims of unsafe work practices or conditions such as a lack of personal protective equipment. The latter alleged constructive termination, saying they were forced to quit because of unsafe working conditions. And there have been claims of wrongful termination for complaining about such conditions, including a nurse in Chicago who filed a whistleblower suit. Finally, employers should be aware of the possibility of personal injury lawsuits filed by third parties who contract COVID-19 due to the actions or negligence of an employer, such as customers, vendors, or family members. It remains to be seen how broad coronavirus liability protection for businesses will be as Congress considers new relief measures. Frankly, it remains to be seen whether Congress will pass any liability protection at all. But regardless, employers should follow OSHA, CDC, state, and local orders and guidelines related to providing a safe work environment. Please feel free to reach out to me if you'd like more information specific to your location and industry. I'd be more than happy to provide you with some resources. Another potential safety-related issue has to do with remote work. The mass exodus to the home work environment has created new challenges for many employees and businesses. Short-term working on laptops from couches is proving to be an increased ergonomic and logistical challenge for many employees as the weeks and months have gone by. And while the determination of what is reasonable and necessary depends on the job, It's wise for employers to revisit their policies and procedures related to remote work and accommodations as the pandemic continues on, with no definite end in sight. 
I'll next provide a brief overview of the more typical employment-related claims, including discrimination, retaliation, wage and hour considerations, and failure to accommodate. First, many companies were forced to lay off or furlough employees as a result of government orders to shut down or reduce operations. And as the economy reopens, many businesses are being confronted with difficult choices about which employees to invite back to work. Both of these decisions invite claims of discrimination by workers in protected classes, especially those who are pregnant, disabled, or older individuals, who claim that they were let go or not rehired under the guise of falling revenue or reduced revenue. These types of lawsuits are even more likely if an employer lays off or furloughs or brings back only some, but not all, workers at a particular location or in a job classification. Additionally, we've seen claims of discriminatory termination related to remote work, particularly with regard to childcare issues. As a result of mass school closures, many employees were faced with the difficult challenge of working from home, often without dedicated workspace, while simultaneously homeschooling or caring for children. In these lawsuits, the parents allege they were discriminated against by their employers or not afforded the flexibility needed while taking care of children and balancing a full workload. Therefore, it's important for businesses to ensure their practices are not discriminatory, even though they may be under increased financial strain due to COVID-19. Generally, the more objective the criteria used, for example, last in, first out, the less exposure there is to claims of discrimination, and the more subjective the criteria used, the greater the exposure to claims of discrimination. At a minimum, employers should consider creating a written evidentiary record of the non-discriminatory, business-related criteria used to make such layoff and furlough decisions, and they should ensure that their policies allow for reasonable accommodation of employees who need them. Employers should also be aware of liability related to protected leave. The new Families First Coronavirus Response Act created two forms of federal COVID-19 leave that come with stringent employee protections, rendering them potential bases for employee-initiated claims. Significantly, these protections continue through the end of 2020. The FFCRA provides certain employees of covered private employers access to expanded FMLA leave under the Emergency Family Medical Leave Expansion Act and paid sick time through the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act. These leaves do not replace, but rather supplement, leave rights afforded under state law and employers' existing policies and practices. A full discussion of the FFCRA is beyond the scope of this podcast, but it's important to note that the Act's contains strict anti-retaliation provisions, and there have been lawsuits filed by employees and former employees who alleged they were discouraged from taking advantage of the FFCRA or penalized after taking protected leave. Regarding wage and hour considerations, I'd like to highlight that the remote work environment presents unique challenges to ensuring hourly employees are properly compensated for the work they perform, regular work or overtime, and that they are complying with mandatory rest and meal periods. This is largely a state-by-state inquiry, so I'll only highlight the issue for your consideration rather than conduct a detailed analysis. Finally, employers need to be mindful of employees' privacy rights during the pandemic. While the EEOC has interpreted the Americans with Disabilities Act to allow some inquiries into employees' health and disabilities during the pandemic, this remains an evolving body of law and one that employers should closely monitor. There is no doubt that this has been a challenging time for employers as they grapple with new questions, which range from the legality of making a COVID-19 test mandatory, you can, 
and requiring an employee to take an antibody test, you can't, to taking temperatures, to asking employees to self-quarantine, or to permit disclosure to other employees in the workplace of a positive COVID-19 test. I don't have the time to address these issues, but I again highlight them for your consideration. The EEOC has a regularly updated website that addresses these issues and more, and I'm also happy to direct you to resources if you contact me. The important thing for employers to remember is that they have an obligation to stay abreast of the law regarding employee rights under the ADA and to follow it. With that, we've come to the end of this episode of Cal Current. I've been your host, Kevin Brown, and I appreciate your time. Please feel free to follow up with me directly with any questions or comments regarding this episode at kmbrown at swlaw.com. That's K as in Kevin, M as in Mike, brown at swlaw.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cal Current, a weekly podcast navigating California's legal landscape brought to you by the law offices of Snell and Wilmer. Do you have a topic you would like to discuss? Please feel free to send us your topics to calcurrent at swlaw.com. Be sure to check out our website for more episodes and information about this podcast. We can also be found on all major social media platforms at SWLaw News. Thank you and until next time.